Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. He's got four stars on Rivals. He's got four <laughs> stars on Rivals. Yeah. He's got four stars on Rivals. We ignore the other services. That's right. Four star. We got a four star wide receiver. I don't care that he's, uh, you know, only partially. I mean, he's like mid three star by 24 seven, but we're not going to pay any attention to that. Wait, you always got to love the recruiting services that um, love you the most. Oh, true. We only care about, you know, people who uh, love our recruits. If you don't love our recruits, then we have no time for you. Absolutely. We have And no we patience. are podcast versus everyone. And I'm Craig Powers, your host. And my co-host is Jeff Neusser. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm awesome, man. I've been painting my house. I'm covered with paint. Um, so this is, uh, this is, it's a good thing that this is an audio medium and not a uh, visual medium because I look haggard. Well, on top of that, I just, uh, I just went for a run. Yeah. I haven't showered yet. So we can only imagine the state of our beards right now, which are disheveled and unruly. I, I, I trimmed mine down. Oh, that's right. You did. It's a lot. It's a lot shorter now. Yeah. How's that? How's that working out for you? Pretty well. I yeah. finally got, uh, and uh, I finally broke down the significant other. She could not take it anymore. <laughs> Amanda was like, I've had it. That was basically, I was just testing. I didn't really care about how much longer it went. I just wanted to see when she'll finally like start begging Like what, me to what her breaking point is? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, hey, is everything okay really, out there? Yeah. It's really loud. Uh, oh my you know, gosh. Thing. Uh, I have to have windows open because it's like 80 degrees outside. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and that's that's to be inspect, uh, expected since you live in the rodent-infested city of Tacoma. Well, that is pretty true. There's We have a lot of rats. <laughs> that is true. I saw a rat crawling on the fence when I was at your house last. Yeah. We were drinking beer on the deck. And I was like, hey, check it out. There goes hey, there's a rat. rat, squirrel, they're the same thing. Once yeah. There's a fluffier tail. I know. Well, somebody, I don't remember if it was you or somebody else, someone was like, is that a rat or a mouse? I'm like, yo, that's a rat. <laughs> Like, like that is definite. I know a rat because I live, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I live in a, in a fairly rural area. So we have our fair share of rodents and I have had rats taking up residence in my garage. And so I, I definitely know what a rat looks like. Yeah. When you, when you have garbage cans, you know, every five feet, Mm -hmm. rats will come. Uh, No doubt. They will find in my garage. The problem was they found, they found, so Obviously, they're looking. They're always looking for food, right? Like that's their that's their thing. They're always scavenging for food, and so I didn't think there was any food in my garage, and there wasn't food in my garage. But I had some old when we moved. I had some old um, K cup pods, and you wouldn't think that those would attract rats. But if the ones that I had in the garage were ones that um, that I don't drink that came with the keurig that were like flavored coffee because i don't like flavored coffee i want my coffee to taste like coffee right yeah it's got sugar in it so they like i'm finding these pods like all over the garage where the rats have like chewed into them and eaten the and i'm just like oh my god it's so filthy disgusting i hate rodents i hate rodents so whatever yep 
we we had a pack rat uh, take residence in in our in our car when Amanda drove out to Colville on the oh. east part of the state. But uh, it seemed to have uh, leapt from the car in the drive back. But it definitely chewed on some uh, some some like um, there's like a, a pad that's always some sort of heat shield thing on top of the engine. Yeah, and it definitely chewed on that a bit but uh, seems to be gone had a rodent guy come listen and look around but anyways so this is not rodent hour um, <laughs> yeah let's let's not talk about the rodents let's let's talk about something great like beer yeah so it is national ipa day as we are recording this i uh i don't know the origin of that holiday um but i'm sure that the producers of ipas really enjoy it um, cause lots of people are drinking IPAs. Yeah. Um, so Jeff, uh, are you drinking an IPA for a national IPA day? Yeah. So I did. I went into the fridge for an IPA and I found a, uh, a relapse cold IPA from Wayfinder. And if you're wondering what makes a cold IPA different from another IPA, um, apparently it is cold filtered or cold, cold something brewed cold for maximum drinkability which i think is kind of a funny little nod to uh i don't know coors light or something but um, but it actually is so one of the things i found really interesting about it as i was pouring it was um it's very light colored for an ipa um it, it basically looks like a light beer is what it looks like and uh but it is it definitely an ipa it's very hoppy um but it's very sort of clear like i said the 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 color is is very light um and so it's it's just this very like easy drinkable beer that and i know that um a lot of people will be like you know like on a hot summer day right they'll be like i, I don't want to drink an ipa that's like too much for my stomach um this is definitely the kind of ipa that you could drink on a hot summer day like today where it's like 85 degrees out and uh and definitely not feel weighted down so yeah this this was an excellent choice and i know we had let's see we had a wayfinder beer i think when i came over to your house so i yes, think we, we had did. that strong lager i think is what that yep. was so so yeah this is excellent would would highly recommend it on a on a hot summer day very good yeah so yeah um wayfinder's great out of portland uh, like i said a few weeks ago um nice place to visit great porch and uh yeah they make uh some very solid beverages um yeah so i am also drinking an ipa because it is ipa day um i am drinking a co- a beer that is a, a collaboration with a museum um so this is a uh, king sue uh double ipa by uh, toppling goliath brewing and toppling goliath is in iowa in northern Iowa, and it is uh, the it is in collaboration with the Field Museum in Chicago. King Sue is the name of the big T Rex uh, fossil in the Field Museum, so that's what it's named after. Is uh, so it's got a dinosaur on the Ooh. can. Ooh. Um, it's definitely a, a hazy IPA. Um, Toppling Goliath. Uh, Definitely one of the uh, kind of more renowned breweries, more highly rated breweries in the U.S. Uh, they, uh, I mean, you'd kind of have to be for people to know who you are in, in Decorah, Iowa. Um, they actually make uh, some of the more highly uh, kind of the highest secondary value 
beers in, in, in the game. They uh, so they uh, they brew this beer called um, Kentucky Brunch Breakfast Stout. Um, so it's a barrel aged stout with like maple and coffee and whatever. Mm. Um, that uh, sounds which, delicious. Which lots of breweries make that, but uh, the, that variation. But if, whatever for whatever reason, I've never had it because um you know some of the older versions uh, i believe it was batch two and three were trading for upwards around twelve hundred dollars um for a uh 12 ounce bottle um, oh yeah how does that um, happen as uh, it's just uh, the rarity plus uh it's 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 like rarity plus quality plus hype um it's equals a lot of money um, and and uh, Toppling Goliath has all of that. Um, it's pretty funny. So they um, they wanted to, you know, they they sell the, you know, they sell the initial price was pretty expensive. I mean, they usually sell them for like forty bucks. Um, but uh, they, uh, I believe, one of the years was aged in like Pappy Van Winkle barrels or something. So that aid that added to the hype. Um, but uh, um, so they they uh, what they they did one time was take that beer that was you know kind of selling for twelve hundred dollars on the secondary or black market if you want to call it and they put it um they put it for sale on premise so you could drink it on premise at their tap room and they put it for five hundred (laughs) dollars and so people flipped out like oh how could you do that blah 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 and the funny thing is these people that totally deal in this like secondary market game that were flipping out about the brewery just trying to get some of that money too when there's you know these are guys that buy the beer for forty dollars and then flip it for twelve hundred and then they're mad that the brewery wants to get in on some of that money um so uh yeah the, but the funny thing is people bought the beer because i mean if you really really want to try it twelve hundred dollars versus five hundred dollars and and you've got the money you're just gonna go buy a plane ticket to decora iowa or if you're from Chicago, like I think it's like three hour drive or something, which is probably where most of those people came from. Yeah. But yeah, they they do a few other big releases uh that get really high, high trade values. Um so decor little decor Iowa gets a a, a flood of neck bearded chubby dudes like a couple times a year, whenever they do a big release. They always do like a raffle for tickets to go to the release. So it's like it's pretty crazy. Um, I tried to enter one year for that uh, KBBS, but I, I did not win the raffle. I did have a friend who worked for Amazon who just uh, uh, wrote a wrote a code so that he would be picked. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I, won't, I won't say <laughs> who that how you, was. That's um, how you put your uh, knowledge to work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is very tasty. I, it's. It's an excellent IPA. I've had it many, many times. Um, it's delicious, and I, I really enjoy it. So I thought it would be a great one. I had one in my yeah. fridge at this moment, so I thought it would be a great one um, to show off today. Um, just very, very well done. Uh, one of the better hazies I've had. So uh, well done, Toppling Goliath. I'm never going to spend $1,200 to try that beer. Okay, and now here's here's the question I have for you, though. What is this may not be a question you want to answer. I don't know. But like but like what's when you think about, okay, how much you're willing to spend on a beer, like what what's your limit? Like if it was like the right beer, what what would you be like? Okay, I would spend up to blank for the 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 
the right beer? Well, um, if you would ask me pre Beatrix, uh, now, <laughs> okay, it, it of would course, have been kids change everything. Slightly different. Yeah, kids change everything. But like, if you would ask me uh, two years ago or three years ago before Amanda was pregnant, um, like if it was like someone was like, you can pay three hundred dollars to try the you know, but you get the bottle of the beer. Like uh, that goes through. I yeah, I probably would have like been so FOMO, which I was like in serious FOMO mode at that point. Yeah, um, like that I would have been like, oh yeah, I would have done it. But now I probably won't. I I found myself like even some of these is like there. There's like sellers of like beer like stores online that will just kind of jack up the prices to kind of fit like closer to secondary values than actual price so like you know so they can make some money like they're regular right. craft beer stores but they've got a license to sell online and ship beyond states and so i'll get that like i used to you know buy like lambic off those a lot more um and then you know but really like uh because even some of the the ones in belgium where you can buy the beer for a fraction of the cost they, they'll jack it up because they know a bunch of americans are shopping and i used to do that a lot more but now i weighed uh like I, I still do buy beer from Belgium sometimes, but like it's like uh, direct from the brewery and then they just have like someone else ship it for them. So it's like you get the beer for like crazy low price and then you just have to pay like more for shipping than the beer cost. Uh, but you get like a bunch of beer for that you could never get unless you like went to Belgium. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I did. Um, so I had not been doing that for a while. Uh, just cause I was tired of doing that, but, uh, I, am sure my, my price is much lower now. It, it's, and it also depends on what the beer is. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I used to like, like I, I, like one time we were in San Francisco and when I was like really starting to get into Lambic, like there was, uh, uh, there was like, uh, it was my birthday and, there's this Cantillon Creek, which I've had a bunch now and you can get in at the brewery in Belgium for like $5. Um, but at, in this bar in San Francisco, it was, they had it and it was $55. And, um, but I was like, it's my birthday. I'm going to splurge. And honestly, like $55 is not that much compared to what I, you know, I've definitely paid more than that for bottles of beer before. Um, or uh shots of whiskey <laughs> uh yeah. but yeah but yeah so uh I, I don't really know what that price is uh i'm not sure um it, it's it's higher it's <laughs> higher like it depends it's higher than most people but it's, it's not as definitely high as it, higher than mine i know but that. but it but it's not as high as it used to be which yeah is, which is good well i think i think i may have told this story in the podcast before so i'll keep it short if if anybody heard it but like i remember the first time i bought what was to me a very expensive bottle of beer yeah so you've definitely told the story yeah and we you know i I took it up and there was no tag on it and then it was you know 30 bucks and i was like oh my god you know it's it's funny one of the uh beers that i just i actually broke down and i bought from one of those online stores it's because they had a, a what you bought was a bottle logic beer yeah and uh the favorite one i've had from them is their vanilla stout Vanilla, barrel aged vanilla style mm-hmm. called fundamental observation yeah and there's this place that i shop online that got a they got a shipment of it so um i think i paid like 
35 bucks for just for the bottle but yeah. and then you have to fill your you have to fill your uh your um box to six beers to get mm-hmm. get it so i bought like you know four cheaper beers and then i found another like expensive bottle of beer to throw in there but yeah. i did resist the majorly overpriced lambic uh, <laughs> this time for that but i did this did shell out the shipping plus like just to get that one beer i mean but i did get five other beers with it so it wasn't like just shipping for that one beer right but, but yeah so yeah it was um i definitely uh uh you know i finally broke down just because um i really like that beer and then people that I trust say this version, this year's version is really, really good and like yeah. better than last year. So, so I'm, I'm stoked to get it, um, next week and, uh, probably drink it in like two years or so. Who knows? I would uh, say that, that my upper limit would be, I, I've worked my way up to like in the twenties. Like that's where like I'm willing to go if, if it's right, generally for a special occasion. My issue is like, I don't generally have people to share them with. So like, if I buy, you know, a 22 ounce bomber or whatever, like that's, you know, I'm sitting there, well, I'm not going to drink a 22 ounce, you know, barrel aged, you know, whatever by myself. I mean, I guess I could, but I, I generally prefer not to. Right. So, but I, you know, I'm, I'm much more willing now than I used to be to spend, you know, 10 to $20 on a, you know, a pint or whatever, 500 milliliters, um, to consume by myself. So I guess, I guess that means I move in your direction, but I always make sure to stock my fridge with, you know, like a six pack of Bodie or something to, to fill the gaps at a reasonable price. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's even funny. Probably there's a point in your life when you wouldn't have thought that the 12 pack of Bodie or six pack of Bodie for like ten ninety nine was not a reasonable price. Like yeah, no, true. that definitely, there was definitely a time in my life where I'd be like, uh-huh. That's a little much when there's this whatever Deschutes something for seven ninety nine over here, or there's Henry Weinhardt's for five ninety nine oh, or whatever. Um, yeah, so that's beer. Uh, you got a little extra beer, a little extra rodent talk today. Yeah, rodent talk. Uh, but let's move into the Cougs, our top twenty five Cougs. Yeah, they come in rank number twenty one. Uh yeah, how you feeling about that? Feeling damn pretty damn good. Um, that doesn't happen very often for WSU. We do not get ranked in the preseason very often. We we no. kind of expected it to happen, uh, given that WSU won the bowl game, which is is it's kind of hilarious that it is, but it it is a big driver for a lot of these uh, voters. Yeah, like they see what the last game was. Yep. Um but uh. But yeah, so um, yeah, so yeah, it was uh, it it was it was very nice to see twenty ones a nice spot, you know. Uh, yep. Uh, you can kind of see. So you got um, you have Washington is at twelve, Oregon at thirteen, Utah at fifteen, and Stanford at twenty three. Um, so that's kind of how you figure to shake out. That's kind of how the Pac twelve North has been very deep league but no um, without an elite w- without an elite team which yeah. uh obviously UW got into the uh college football playoff a couple years ago but um in the last uh few couple seasons basically you've had a, a top 10-ish team 
and then a bunch of teams in you know the 15 to 25 range right um so yeah obviously four of the five ranked pac-12 teams are the pac-12 north um which is that's pretty much how difficult the division has been since wsc's went on this run which kind of makes it all the more impressive really um and and so yeah we have the uh number 21 ranking i feel it's really cool to be ranked you know like um um, uh, when we uh, take the field, because I assume they'll be ranked uh, by the AP as well, probably right. around the same spot. I think um, so. so. It'd be pretty cool, um, you know, assuming they can um, not fall to uh, that first game or FCS curse in the second game. Uh, uh, they they can head into that Utah ESPN Friday night matchup with a with a number next in their name, and I'm sure ESPN would love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm of the opinion, actually, that being ranked preseason is huge. It is like a really, really, really big deal. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, whatever. It's just a preseason ranking. It doesn't really matter. You know, to put it in terms that I think a lot of fans maybe don't think about this way, but, but, you know, we, we, uh, to put it in the game day terms. So we, we obsessed over game day, right. For however many years. And, And it finally happened last year. And honestly, one of the major things that was always working against us for game day was this idea that, okay, so first of all, game day, they want to go someplace that's like a marquee game, right? Well, a marquee game is necessarily going to involve two ranked teams. Okay. So when you don't start the year ranked, then your ability to be one of those games is, is gone. Right. So unless you unless you are in the top 25 and the other teams in the top 25, it's pretty much a non-starter. OK, yeah, you're basically cutting off half of your season, right. at least. Exactly. It's really hard to get into exactly. the top 25. If so you start every there. year that we have not been, you know, every year that we were waiting and being like, hey, maybe we can have game day. You're essentially cutting off the first six games as being any possibility. One reason is because, OK, our non-conference opponents are all week okay great because those that's those are the only people we can get to come to pullman and then okay so then we also have to be ranked and the opponent has to be ranked right and so when you're not starting out ranked it's tough to break in like you said because you know early in the season teams aren't losing many games you know you're not having teams they're not knocking each other off you know a lot of teams are playing cupcakes like we are so it's just sort of like it, it becomes this situation where it's very tough to move in you know, especially if you're already in the top 20. I mean, if you're a number, you know, number 15, I mean, okay, let's say, for example, Oregon versus Auburn, right, which is, you know, to start the season, both of them are ranked, it's going to be a big game, well, one of them's going to lose, whichever one loses isn't dropping all the way out of the top 25, right? So it's really, and then the other teams are playing cupcakes and whatever. So it's really, really tough to break in. And we saw back in 2017, when we started ranked in the AP poll, we started uh, number 24, you know, we got all the way up to number eight after beating USC. Like, and that's just, I mean, the first four games was really just sort of taking care of business. If they would would have started, you know, not, you know, maybe 50th, then they're not getting that. Right. So if they start, you know, as, as one of the ones at the bottom, you know, others receiving votes, right. You know I mean? Where do they, where do they peak in that season? Now I know they ended up finishing the season, not ranked, but you really can't, um, you know, you, you, you really can't, uh, you know, put a value on what that means to be ranked before the season because it just keeps you in the conversation 
all season long. And then the other thing is this, you know, as we talked about last season, as we were talking about the college football playoff stuff, I know we started the podcast after all those things were done, but, um, you know, I wrote a pretty lengthy post on how the college football playoff rankings are, seem to be, um, nobody will acknowledge this, but they seem to be very heavily influenced by preseason notions of how good a team actually is instead of looking at actual results, you know, they're looking at, okay, well, how good is the team before the season? And then how good is the conference they play in so that when they lose, how bad is that, you know, and losing to Washington took a, you know, a 10 win Washington state team dropped them from, you know, whatever number 10 to to number 14 or whatever it was like, it was, it was a pretty significant drop. And you, you had this ranking where you had, teams with like maybe nine or 10 wins uh, or, you know, even eight wins in some instances ranked above a team uh, with 10 wins. So, you know, it just, it was really frustrating and, and, and there's really no substitute for being looked at as a strong team going into the season. And it's not like, you know, number 21 is overly strong, but still being in that conversation, having that number next to your name, when you, you know, beat, you know, New Mexico State and Northern Northern Colorado or Northern Arizona, whatever, whichever team we're playing second. Um, you know, you go down to Houston, probably win that game with a number next to your name on the road on a game that's going to be on national TV on ESPN. You know, then all of a sudden you know, you're moving into that fourth game, uh, you know, against Utah, potentially, you know, both teams being ranked and. Um, and that's a really good place to be. So, yeah, I, I know a lot of people want to dismiss these preseason polls as just, oh, it's just the preseason doesn't really matter. You know, I contend it actually matters a lot. Well, yeah, and I it the the frustrating thing I, it, we we have seen the college football playoff committee kind of divert from what the uh, the pol- the pollsters are doing, and the but it's really not that often. Um, I, I think they are definitely influenced by when they're watching those early season games. What like the seven or eight games before they get to the point where they're they're um, actually making the rankings themselves. It, it, it's it's hard to get past when you're watching that game and there's numbers next to those teams because like because you you always see importance ascribed to teams' wins when they get early season wins over ranked teams over teams that eventually fall off and aren't yep. even ranked. Yep. So like you get that you get that like marquee win you get credited for it. Yep. Um, and it's the other way around. Like if, the, if, if you're just every time you're on TV, you got that number next to your name. Like it's just human nature. Those I, I don't care how objective those uh, playoff committee people think they are like they're going to they're going to think like, oh, yeah, this team is good. They've been ranked all year. They, they, mu- they must be good. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, from a conference standpoint, having uh, this many teams that can start ranked and then maybe get two Pac-12 plays still ranked it is a big deal, especially if, you know, they can take care of business early games. Um, you know, if Oregon beats Auburn, they're going to be, uh, you know, maintaining there, maybe even moving, like even though Auburn's, you know, not ranked in top 10, like Oregon going and beating them might give them a little boost in the in the rankings. And, and, then, and then suddenly all these matchups that happen in the first half of the Pac-12 season – are much bigger stakes and and suddenly like the Pac-12 is viewed as a better conference and and yep. and and so yeah it's it's just a, it's a big deal um it's i mean it, you can think it's stupid and you're probably not wrong 
Yep. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but, but, but it, but it, but it influences things. And yeah. honestly, like, think about this, like, and I, 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 I've come around to believing that it does influence uh, recruiting perceptions yeah, as well. I think so. And so if, if these kids are coming to Pullman or they're watching, they're, they know they're getting recruited by WSU and they see them on TV and they're ranked, like the, suddenly like, and I always, it, it's, uh, I, I'm not sure how much it impacts fan perception given that uh, I think we were ranked uh number 11 when arizona came to town and uh the stadium was half full but <laughs> yeah well um, that game was also like it was also 20 degrees yeah it was 20 degrees or whatever but, but but you know you i don't know how many times where wc has been ranked that highly in a you know i think that was they were number eight for that one actually i don't um but yeah i mean just like i i was in australia so and i didn't go to the game so i don't i don't have any you know I don't have a hill to stand on. Yeah, where were you? Yeah, come on, Craig. Hey, I, with hey. It. my sister was my sister. <laughs> Your si- was, had her ass in my seat. And it, I think if we're all being honest, you know, she was probably a more passionate fan than you were, anyway. So that's fine. She's she definitely is, louder. She she is pretty damn loud. She is loud. By the way, she, yes, we she, were. Number she was eight. pregnant by then, though, so yeah. she was not drunk. Yes, we were number eight. By the way, yeah. And so, but yeah, I mean, it's look, you know, that game was a perfect example when we went from, uh, we beat a team 69 to 28 and didn't move in the college football playoff. It was sort of like, you know, the die was cast at that point. I mean, we just kind of went, okay, you know, I mean, what do we got to do? Well, apparently there's nothing to be done. You know, you beat the hell out of a team, you know, with 60, hang 69 on them. And then people just go, yeah, that's nice. And it is nice. It is nice. That's true. But it's like, you know, you don't move up after doing that, and then you drop, you know, whatever, five spots or six spots after losing to Washington. It's like, whatever. So, anyway, one thing I found interesting, so I, I know we'll talk about this in a minute because camp's getting ready to open up. Um, so, Mike Leach had his uh, camp opening. Uh, well, it's not really open yet, but um, just sort of his pre-camp uh, teleconference call. And one of the things, uh, one of the questions he was asked was about the ranking. And I sort of expected him to be a little bit like, um, you know, ah, we don't pay any attention to that. We just want to be us and we just want to do what we do and whatever. Um, but he actually didn't do that. He actually kind of said, it's good. I'm pleased, you know? And I was like, actually, you know, I think coaches, I think maybe it gets back a little bit to, um, you know, the point that you were making where, you know, the, the, the ways that it impacts recruiting and the ways that it impacts the way, you know, the players feel about themselves. I mean, look, we, listen, we all would love to say that we don't need external validation to feel good about ourselves, but I mean, we're all human and we all love that little, you know, Hey, you're awesome. Right. I mean, it's like, that's, that's what it means to be ranked before the season is it's a little, Hey, you're good. And somebody else is validating the work that you've done. And, Um, so, you know, and you, obviously I think you probably want to go out and prove that you're worthy of that. So I, 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 you know, I did the STP a couple weeks ago and I have, uh, they gave, they gave us a hat at the end that says finisher on it. And I, I mean, it's not even my type of hat. It's very much like a dad hat. And, you know, I usually wear like the 5950s and stuff like that. Yep. And, but I've, I've worn the heck out of that. Listen, (laughs) I can see, Hey, 
right next to me hanging on my wall is my medal that I got for finishing the Seattle rock and roll half marathon five years ago or whatever. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, I did that. You know, <laughs> like I love having that hang on my wall. Cause I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did that. You know? So, yeah. So the, the validation, I mean, obviously I'm not walking around wearing the medal. That would be, that'd be weird. But, um, you know, well, I definitely, if it was made into a hat, then maybe, maybe if it was a hat, I'd do it, but yeah, it, you know, I, it's just, yeah, you, you know, you love someone to say, yeah, you're doing a good job. And I think, um, you know, being ranked preseason, especially in a season where, I mean, let's be honest, you know, WSU losing their starting quarterback, you know, typically that's a signal of, okay, you know, it's, it's rebuild time. Right. And, um, I think it's a nod to the program that Mike Leach has built yes. and, and, you know, more, more so than anything else, you know, it, it, it seems like, and, and I know, uh, PJ wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. PJ writes about like the, the greatest topics. Um, you know, he wrote about how every Sunday know, morning, I know like the best, like, the best, uh, things on there. They're great. And he always thinks of something interesting, you know, and discussion worthy to write about. And, you know, he wrote about how there, there's sort of this popular opinion within, you know, Cougar fans that, you know, somehow the media is out to get us or, you know, like the Rodney Dangerfield, we get no respect. And it's like, um, probably true, but also well-earned over, you know, a hundred years of football, right. Of, of not really, you know, being relevant. And, and so you don't, that's not where you get the bet. You don't get the benefit of the doubt when you've been, you know, pretty irrelevant for the better part and of the recruiting century. rankings. There's a lot yeah, of and recruiting like rankings like aren't great or whatever. Um, you know, so this I think is a nod to, Hey, you know, Mike Leach, um, all he does is have awesome teams that win games, even at a place like Washington state. And so I think it's a validation of what he's built where now, where now we get to start uh, getting the benefit of the doubt in a way that, that we really never did where we go, well, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but whoever it is going to be fine. And, and I think, and you know, as fans, I mean, I think, I think we feel that too. Yeah. And, and that's it. Like, and we've talked about this already, but yeah, I mean, the, the validation that there, there's belief in the program beyond, you know, your crazy WSU fan, because even, you know, you and I try to, you know, we're not objective, but we try to assess the team from an objective perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've talked about this, you know, in the past couple of weeks, how it's just like hard to do at this point, because um, you want to look at recruiting rankings and you want to look at you want to look at the the guys that left and all this stuff, and you're like, oh, we just can't possibly be good again. And maybe not 11 wins good again, but you know what? What do you got to be to the top 25 team? Is be like eight and four? And well, that's the thing. Like since WC was starting out as 21st, eight and four, nine and four, eight and five might get them a, a finished ranking in the top 25. Yeah. Where if they didn't start there, they exactly. might. We already just talked about that, but yep. But yeah, so obviously, you know, there, there's there's that validation that, you know, we're one of the, you know, I, I wouldn't say 21 is one of the big boys, but uh, we're definitely have a, a seat at the table. Um, and given that this is WSU, that's pretty awesome after four consecutive years of good. And, and um, by all accounts, uh, 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 you know, at least another season of, uh, I mean, like what's what's the floor now? I don't know what anyone wants to say. This, but, <laughs> but like, there is no floor, as we know. Yeah, but, we, uh, <laughs> we know there is no floor. We're uh, we're we are Cougar fans. We are Mariners fans. We are yep. whatever fans. We we were Sonics fans, and I mean that's the true floor, right? Your team up in Paxa and leaves town. So I don't know, like uh, 
I mean, would it have been so terrible if just in 2000 and two, 2008 and 2009, WSU just took the season off? <laughs> death penalty. With death penalty, that, that might... Just full okay, so SMU. Next, okay, so hang on. So next offseason, when we're looking for a topic, we need to write this down on the, on the Google Doc that would it have been preferable to have received the death penalty for two years? Well, that, I mean, that I, I'm we sure can talk like, about that so one next summer. There was an Apple Cup win in there, so... So that'll probably disqualify. <laughs> we don't get many of those anymore. No. Um, but yeah, so um, let's. Uh, we're going to talk about fall camp opening. But uh, before that, Jeff, what do you think? Commercial break? Commercial break. And we're back. Woo! Woo! That commercial was great. Man, it had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So good. So um, good. What a great podcast and or product. Mm, mm, yeah. You should totally subscribe and or buy that product. Yeah. So fall camp is starting. Uh, yes. What, what di- wait, hold on. What day is it, Jeff? August 1st? <sighs> Today is August 1st. Um, what? That's, let me look at my calendar. It's squarely in summer. It is. So That's it, mu- true. it must go to fall then. No, no, no. <laughs> the season starts before that. That is true. You and Vince Grippy. Vince Grippy loves that one. Vince Grippy of the of the Spokesman Review and the erstwhile uh, beat writer of uh, of the Cougs for the Spokesman. And the He's, Athletic. That's always one of, and the Athletic. That's true. He did some stuff for the Athletic last year. Uh, yeah, that's one of his pet peeves, which I understand as a, as a newspaper well, you, former newspaper guy myself. It's t- it's not accurate. Tell those kids it's going to be. That it's fall and it's going to be 100 degrees in Lewiston. That's right. As it's yeah 100 degrees for the next four days. It, it is funny. The the Lewiston part is, is sort of hilarious because, um, you know, I think that first year they were down there when the operations building was, was being constructed and they had, you know, whatever, like, uh, you know, they, were, they had construction equipment on Rogers Field or whatever it was. Um, and they went down there. I think they went down there. Wasn't it like a full week? Was it maybe even more than that? Was it yeah. maybe like 10 days? Yep. Something was, like that. Yeah. It was pretty extended. So people make a big deal about the team going to Lewiston. Now they go for like four days now. And that includes like the day that they travel down there. Yeah, and then like the day it's like that they summer come camp. back. It's, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you know, you, you say goodbye to your parents. And... Yeah. And the, you know, the reality is that, you know, the temperature is ridiculous. The fields are shitty. Like, it's just, you know, whatever. You go down there. They practice for a couple of days. They pray and, for knees. Exactly. They practice for a couple of days in shorts and helmets. And then they practice for a couple of days with some mild contact. And then they come back. So uh, I think it's more of a of a team bonding thing than anything else. Um, and I think it's valuable. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not downplaying it. I'm just like, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's what it is nowadays. And um you know that's a good thing yeah but man this means that football season is is nigh bro it is so close we're gonna have a football game this month this freaking month man which is both like so it's both awesome and depressing for me because that means also um my summer vacation is uh about three weeks away three and a half weeks away from being well more or less over hey you know what pal you know what i chose this profession for a reason (laughs) okay i'm just gonna say that out loud 
but uh but yeah no it's you it can is go back it's, to working your 60 hour weeks to make up for the uh i know two months that you don't work it's, it's actually preferable right now yeah that that's the thing it's like i always tell people i'm like it's comp time i swear to god it's comp time um but yeah you know i can go back from you know instead of working for you know eight hours a day painting my house i can go back to work 10 hours a day you know teaching kids stuff but anyway hey so first game is about four weeks away summer camp is starting um so I listened, I mentioned I listened to this Mike Leach uh, conference call, which was stunningly short and and bland. And, and that wasn't really Leach's fault either. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the reporters didn't really ask that many questions. So I didn't have any questions prepared because I was like, eh, you know, I'm sure the questions will be good. I'm sure it'll be interesting. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, it wasn't, but, but there were some things I should have ne- next time I'll have some questions. Uh, but one of the things, let's see. Okay. So let me kind of go down the list. I took some notes, uh, some things that, that he talked about, obviously quarterback w- was kind of a big, um, a big topic of, of discussion. Um, one of the things he mentioned, so for fans kind of wondering, uh, the quarterback, he said the quarterback reps that would be basically the same as last year, um, just sort of in how they narrowed down from, you know, three guys competing to one guy being the starter. So you're going to have a couple weeks of where, you know, all three guys are getting lots of reps. Uh, they'll sort of winnow it down to two maybe for like a week. And then, you know, for the last week, week and a half, you'll, you'll have the one guy, the one guy leading it. And as we've talked about, you know, we, we both anticipate that being Gage Cabrude, but um, you know, obviously Leach was, was non-committal on that front, you know, didn't want to um, talk about that. One of the things that, that I found was interesting was, you know, he kind of said that, um, you know, that he wanted to uh, that, that, yeah, he would love to have his starter, you know, locked in like right now. Um, and, and so he wanted to, he said, yeah, in an ideal world, you know, we would do that. Um, but he said that, you know, we don't always have an ideal world. And, and, and in this case, you know, he wants to have, um, as many QBs as, as many, sorry, as many good QBs as he possibly can. Competition will make everyone better. Um, so, you know, he just kind of talked about how, um, you know, part of, you know, getting, giving these reps to different guys. Yeah. Part of it is the competition piece in terms of trying to figure out who the, uh, you know, who the starter is going to be. But part of it also was the competition piece of, Hey, you know, we want everyone to get better. Um, we want everyone to get reps. We want everyone to, um, you know, have a chance to, you know, show what they can do, but also, you know, look, you never know which of those guys you're going to need. I mean, you know, we've had years in WSU football where we've needed a third quarterback. Um, so for all, you know, three or four of those guys, I mentioned, you know, in addition to Gabrud and Gordon and Tinsley, you know, Cam and Cooper will get some meaningful reps. Um, you know, even, you know, obviously spring game, notwithstanding, I, I can tell you the coaches, I think are pretty high on him. So, um, you know, you, you'll get a chance. Those guys will each get a chance to get some meaningful reps, um, both in the name of showing what they could do and potentially starting, but also in the name of just, you know, getting live reps and, and, and practicing. So, so that was, uh, kind of the first thing. Um, another thing he talked about, he talked about Dion McIntosh. He, the funny thing was though, he was actually asked about Dion McIntosh didn't really offer a whole lot of thoughts, um, in terms of Macintosh specifically, 
which I found kind of interesting because Macintosh um, was a guy who he, you know, sort of directly answered about at Media Day, said, you know, they were excited, thought he was explosive, et cetera. Um, really talked more, just a little bit more, really, about Markov and Dubots. Um, so take that for whatever it's worth. Hopefully that doesn't mean that there's, you know, he just kind of said, Hey, we'll see with Macintosh. Maybe he just wanted to, you know, put it out there. A lot of the things that he says, a lot of things coaches say, um, you know, have to do with, uh, you know, messages to the players themselves and not necessarily messages, uh, to fans. So, you know, maybe that was part of it. Didn't really talk about, he said, you know, he wasn't really worried about, um, not having necessarily a, uh, a leader on defense in, in, in the way of Peyton Palour or Jalen Thompson, you know, kind of mentioned Jihad Woods has been doing a good job with that. Um, he said, you know, that, that he can be maybe a little bit more of a vocal leader, but also said they didn't think, you know, a vocal leader was essential. I uh, say, so, you know, it's kind of what coaches are for. Um, and then he went on, of course, in, in Mike Leach fashion, somebody asked him about some NCAA rules, one about um, blindside hits where I guess there's a new rule this year on blindside hits downfield. I don't know exactly what the specifics are, but I, I guess it might come into play with some of the hits our receivers sometimes level on other guys blocking downfield. Um, basically, he just his message was, look, I'm not a fan of over legislating the sport, which is a very, you know, sort of Mike Leach thing, um, particularly given his uh, his conservative viewpoint in terms of policies and regulations. And then uh, he talked about Skylar Thomas. Uh, and this was actually, I think, the most interesting thing to me. Um, you know, he, this was his most sort of detailed um, sort of endorsement of a singular player. Talked about Skylar Thomas is really good on the blitz. Um, that one of the things he's actually really good at that a lot of people don't know is, is rushing the passer. Nice. Um, and so he moved down to nickel during the spring down from, uh, I can't remember free. I think he was playing free safety. Um, and I think Jalen Thompson was playing strong safety, but anyway, moved down to nickel during spring. It sounds like they want him to stay at nickel. Um, he says he's a very effective at nickel. Um, so whatever happens in the back end, uh, with the departure of Jalen Thompson, um, it sounds like they really don't want to move Skylar Thomas back there. So I found that really interesting because, um, I think we all kind of thought, you know, okay, you've got Skylar Thomas, you've got Bryce Beekman, you know, who's the Juco kid that, that people are pretty high on. Um, who's that third person don't know. And it's going to be some combination of the three of those guys. Um, it sounds like they really want to keep Thomas there. So anyway, I know that was a lot. Was there anything in there that sort of piqued your interest or, or caught your fancy as, as you were sort of hearing about it? Well, um, I mean, if you got four quarterbacks, you don't have one. That's true. That is true. Or, 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 or you have, uh, or, or, or you have, uh, or you're just in really good shape, which is more how I feel about that. Yeah. That, um, yeah. Because uh, as we've talked about many times before, um, Gabrud, Gordon, Tinsley, even probably Cooper, I'd probably feel okay with that that offense and what they've got to work with. Um, a, as far as uh, the blindside blocks, peak majors, because I actually totally missed that. I didn't know that they changed that rule. Um, so um, I looked it up. The under the new rules, a player who delivers a blindside block anywhere to an opponent's body with forcible contact will earn a 15-yard personal foul penalty, and previously you had to hit them in the head or neck or below the waist for it to be illegal. So now they've moved, they've added the torso to that rule. So you just can't... You know someone's going to get screwed by some bullshit call. Absolutely. That. That's, see, that's... And, and that's where Leach's point rings true, is that... 
like these like what the hell's a blindside block like when, when on punt returns and kick returns like everything's a blindside block like right i mean i mean even, i mean jesus like you just can't hit a guy like who's near like how are you gonna know like do you have to like like do you think like when they're running they can't even hit them like in the in the chest right like because they might not be looking at them or like what how do you even define that it's, that's just that this is gonna this is gonna be one of those things where it's gonna be like chaos in the first three games and then the rest are just gonna stop calling 100 percent. Like, you know that's... it's gonna end up on sports center someone's gonna get hit hard on a normal what, what everyone considers a normal football hit and then some you know pac-12 refs gonna throw a flag and the whole nation's gonna lose their shit and it's gonna be like oh you know it's i mean it's so ambiguous it, it's it's crazy and I, I understand what leach is talking about on that one well, now you can see why coaches want to schedule soft at the start of the year. You know, you don't you don't want to start the year when the refs are trying to figure out new rules, God. and your players are trying to figure out those new rules, like to to have a fifteen yard penalty right? matter because you know right? hopefully that doesn't matter against. Northern can you Colorado. imagine if one happens in like Auburn, Oregon? Oh, I, you know, I'm I'm fairly confident it will. Like I just because uh, how do you teach? How do you teach kids not to uh, like on a punt return? Like well, that? Leach actually Leach actually talked about that. He was like, you know, what we do is we teach them, you know, make sure your heads around, make sure you square up, and and then and then hit them right. But, you know, he's but like, now but, it's like you you got to make sure their heads around and they're square right. to you. So like, what are you supposed to do? You supposed to not block the guy? Yeah, I yeah. Like I, you're just supposed to let him go? Or are you supposed to shove him? I mean, what what are you supposed to do? Well, yeah. If your what, responsibility you know, is to block a guy, going and he's not looking. Spe- going at full speed, a, a little shove looks a lot worse, you know, because he can easily knock you off balance, and then you're flying because these are strong dudes, and like a little shove from a from a dude who bench presses 400 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, how many penalties would Robert Lewis have gotten over oh, the yeah. last you know five years? Right. Well, I mean, he was pl- like the king of those. Well, and I mean, really, these type of blocks like happen in. It's not just WSU's offense; like everyone's offense now, yeah. They're running those pick plays, uh huh, um, and those are built on blindside blocks. You know, uh-huh. like where they gonna? I don't know. It's just I, I can see why Leach would give his sort of statement on it because, um, yeah, it just is gonna make. It, and I know you talk about this all the like, at least to me, and you've probably written about it a few times. Is like every time they add one of these rules, it just makes things harder. Like you wrote about yeah. it with the targeting rule um, after the USC game. Every time they add a rule, every time they add a specific part of it, they just make it harder for the refs. They give them, a, they give it, they give yep. another reason for them to screw up. Yep. Which, by the way, the targeting rules now. Um, yep, those have changed. It, a it has to be confirmed. It cannot be. Um, it cannot be. Uh, a stand yep. or whatever so it has to be confirmed that it was targeting on review and now i believe um is it an either or uh with players who so instead of um the uh being disqualified from the game and then possibly disqualified for the first half of the next game if it's the second half now it's if you get three over the course of the season um, you will be suspended for a game, yep. Which is kind of more like a soccer rule, right? Um, that uh, seems legit to me, actually. That sounds a lot better than uh, 
you're out for this game and then half a night. Right. Like, that was such a weird rule. Yep. I wrote about this a little bit when I wrote about uh, Pac-12 so Media Day and the refs and and Larry Scott. One of the he talked about the the ref review. Well, one of the things that it sounds like the Pac-12 is doing is they're having one supervisor review all of the targeting penalties, which seems like a fantastic idea. <laughs> like I'm like yeah, yeah, one guy who makes all those decisions and says okay, you know yeah, it checks off. And what it, there's like five elements. I don't even remember what they are. Well, it's like five elements. Like, okay, it's got to check off all five elements. Otherwise, it's not targeting. Even if there was a flag flown on the, thrown on the field, it's not targeting if it doesn't check all these five boxes. If one of them's missing, it's not targeting. So I, I really, I think that part is going to be good. You know, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, and that seems like an effort to sort of maybe dial it back just a little bit. But, you know, it's frustrating. You know, I really side with Leach on this one just in general. The, the idea of, you know, thinking you can sort of legislate the game of football is, you know, and, and listen, I'm a guy who's like, no, my kids can't play <laughs> to tackle football. You know, I mean, I'm like, take care of your brain. So I'm probably a major hypocrite, but I'm also like, you know, football's football. I mean, it just it is what it is. And, you know, there's only so much you can do to try and make it different or quote unquote safer. I mean, it's not safe. So you know, when you take out, say, a blindside block, for example, it's like, I mean, come on. Like, again, what are you supposed to do? Not block the guy? Yeah. Because his head is turned? I mean, it's it's silly. And how are you going to, like... Well, and it's also, I think, a, I mean, how many of those kinds of blocks take place over the course of a game? Like, like, like that's that's not a rhetorical question. Like, how many do you think there are in the course of a game? Like full on blindside block. Yeah, like 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 big hit blindside block. Like one, like one, maybe, right? You know, maybe on a punt, or maybe on a on a big you know pass big play, big run, yeah, something like that, where the receiver receivers cracks downfield. Back, yeah. Right, receiver cracks back. You know, on a, maybe quarterback scramble, something like that. Right. I mean, maybe one a game. So so, it, it's it's very sort of typical NCAA where you know, hey, we're gonna try and look like we're doing a thing. And, and Leach actually, it's funny, like I'm remembering what he said now because I didn't take, you know, word for word notes, but but he kind of talked about how, you know, these rules a lot of times seem to come from somebody wanting to justify their existence as as, as, a, as a legislator, right? So they, they make a thing so that then they can go, you know, have a beer and say, look, I made a thing. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, look, we are doing something for player safety when really it's not. You know, because we're talking again, maybe one a game, maybe, right? So, so that means, you know, if you're talking all of FBS, there's 60 games minus buys on a given weekend. So, I don't know, 50 games on a weekend. So, you're talking maybe 40 or 50 of these on a weekend. It's just sort of like, just, you know, let's just get rid of punts. Yeah. That'll eliminate most of them. Yeah. That, that would. So, Never anyway. Punt. I don't know. Anything else? Catch your catch your eye in there. Uh, catch your ear. Maybe better. Better. Um, I think Leach is just playing coy with uh, the running backs. I, I think I mean, so too. Um, he, he's very well known to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, um, yeah, the safety situation, obviously. Um, yeah, that's interesting to hear that Skyler Thomas definitely won't be moving back there. Um, they have a few. You know, they, they have a, a handful of uh, Jucos and then they uh, they have a, you know, like what Daniel Isom, like a redshirt freshman yeah. or something back there. Um, so, yeah, definitely replacing Jalen's going to be a huge thing because 
Um, I doubt you're going to replace the talent, but you just want to mitigate the loss in some way, like uh, try to make up for it another maybe the other safety position or whatever, because obviously Skylar Thomas definitely left some room for improvement on the other side. So um, hopefully, you know, you can mitigate it by having two guys that kind of approximate the overall quality that you had last year. But Jalen obviously leaves some big shoes. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch for sure in fall camp. Um, you know, or in that, in summer camp. Um, but, uh, yeah, so. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's good that you feel like, okay, or that they feel like, Hey, you know, we've got this, you know, this one spot nailed down, you know, so now we just kind of have to figure out the combination in the back and, um, you know, they do have a lot of guys to choose from that, that nickel position has, been a crucial position it is it really is if they feel good about Skylar Thomas there I'm sure that makes sense that they would just stick with him there because yeah go back to Shalom Milani and and Hunter Dale like they've been locking down that position for a long time for the last three years that's been a real that's been a really important spot playmate it's a playmaking position because it It does blitz fair like a decent amount and it and it and it and it plays now that everyone's running four wide receivers like yep. most of the time. So, so disruptive like, in the short passing yeah, game. Like yeah. it's, you know, if you, if you're real strong there, um, that's a spot that the offense has to account for. Um, that's, that's really what we saw with Luani about three years ago. Um, and then, you know, of course, Hunter Dale was, was great in that role. So yeah, it's, uh, I, I like the idea if they, if they feel that strongly about Thomas there, I like the idea, Hey, let's just leave him there. He spent all spring getting used to it. Um, you know, let's have him and he's only a sophomore, you know, so right. let's have him get ready in that spot. And then, and then I think in some ways, you know, the back end's a little less important, but you know, again, there's, there's about four guys I'm sure that could sort of end up in that spot. And, and the good news is, you know, look, you know, you've got a couple games to figure it out, right? Right. I mean, I, you know, the first two opponents aren't really going to test you a whole lot. Should put up plenty of front, points so. too. Yeah. So, you know, the other team's going to be passing a lot. <laughs> to try and uh to try and catch up i imagine so uh you know having they'll be able to rotate some bodies back there and, and kind of figure it out before you've got to play um you know what, what figures to be a pretty dynamic offense in houston so yeah so yeah we just uh we just got a few more weeks of uh practices and and uh you know what in like three episodes we'll get to talk about a game oh my uh, God. that'll be fun that is so exciting. Like, again, super exciting, super depressing all at the same time. But it's like 55% excitement, 45% depression. So for but, me, anyway. But, but you know one thing about college football that never stops, Jeff? It's true. It's Cruton. It's true. Cruton never stops. We just and landed a four-star receiver. Four stars. Four. Four stars. Top 50. Top Fifty at his position. We're totally joking, but but not joking. This is actually really cool. Yeah, no, yeah, like so. Um, yeah, uh, WSU uh, signed four-star receiver Kristen. Christian, we haven't signed. We haven't signed. Or, I mean, yet. sorry. Yeah, we got a commitment no. from him. Yeah. I, not not to be Debbie down. We're, we're too here. close to uh, signing day still, I guess. Um, but yeah, committed. Which no, you should be debonair um, because. Uh, We've we've all seen what can happen with this stuff, um, but for now, um, four star on rivals, three star composite, two four seven, um, just a a good player. 
by any recruiting. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, interesting thing he said on Twitter, I chose the best passing offense in the country. Yeah. So what we talked about WSU having a reputation, well, there's your reputation right there. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, the kids from Michigan, right. So, um, and it's actually a really nice, uh, in, in recruiting terms, it's a really nice get right where, um, you know, you look at a kid, so he's the third receiver in the class. Uh, the other two are guys who are inside receivers. You've got Cedric Pelham and Joey Hobart. Both those guys are under six feet. This kid is six, four, he's six, four, two, 10. Yeah. Yep. Two, 10. Um, so big kid, big receiver. Um, he had offers from Penn state, um, went out to Penn state's, uh, camp summer camp and, and earned a scholarship while he was out there, had an offer from Missouri and West Virginia. And so, um, was a kid who was, you know, fairly highly sought after he had, a, he had an offer from Oregon too, but I guess Oregon offers like, you know, 500 kids or whatever. So, um, so take that for whatever that's worth, but he immediately became the highest ranked kid in the class. So I'm um, going to be interesting to see if, um, you know, if, if his, uh, 24 seven rating sort of moves up and falls a little more in line with what rivals sees him at, or, or if that changes at all. So, uh, cause sometimes that'll happen, right. Uh, you know, one, when there's kind of this big of a difference and I guess to, to put a number on it, maybe for fans who don't pay very close attention, if, if, um, 24 seven saw him as a four-star recruit, they would give him a number, something like 89 or 90, 91, 92, 93. I think 94 and above, I think is what they consider five-star kids. Okay. So they have given him a rating of 85. So you've got 85 from 24 seven and then something approximating like 89 or 90 or 91 from rivals. Right. So it kind of creates this, this dissonance to some degree. And so, so I'm curious to see if, um, you know, if that changes, I will, I will say this after watching his high school video, um, I would say that just off the video, I would lean more toward the 24 seven rating. Cause I watched the video and I was like, yeah, he's all right. Like, like I, I didn't see anything where I'm thinking, wow, the, you know, this kid is really special. Now here's the thing. The rivals sometimes will, um, you know, base their ranking off of things like, um, they, they have combines and camps that are rivals specific camps. And so, you know, there's a chance this kid has gone to one of those rivals camps. One of the rivals recruiter, uh, recruiting evaluators saw him up close and thought, you know, wow, this kid's incredible. You know, maybe he's, you know, grown a little bit and put on a little bit of weight and got a little faster since the end of last season. I mean, who knows? Um, the stuff I saw on video, um, really was, you know, he wasn't breaking away from anybody. That was kind of the thing where I was like, eh, you know, and again, not that you necessarily have to be a burner, uh, to be an excellent receiver. I mean, look, you look at most of our outside receivers. I mean, they're, they're not guys who are, you know, necessarily burning past anybody, but, um, he is a big kid with really good hands, really excellent body control. Um, like I say, he just wasn't really pulling away from anybody maybe he's gotten a little faster. I mean, that happens, right? So who knows, but I, I can see sort of where maybe the mid three-star ranking comes from or rating comes from on the 24 seven side, but um, it never hurts to be able to say, Hey, look, we recruited a four-star receiver, even if, you know, only one of the services uh, uh, rated him as such. Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's what Cruton's all about. 
Scott wrote today, by the way, about how we don't have a QB in this class. Are, are you concerned at all that we don't have a QB commit yet? Because we usually have one. By yeah, the, we usually do. WSU usually has a, a QB recruit in the summer before the season yep. starts. But, it's usually one of the first commits. Um, I mean, not really, but there's also this kind of concern that eventually, like, you have so many guys that it just be it becomes less appealing you know because they yep they have cameron cooper who's a redshirt freshman they have gunner cruz who's a freshman yeah like and if if you're looking at those guys above you who are both pretty well-regarded recruits like are you thinking well do i should i really go there you know like if i go there i'm not playing if if those guys both stay i'm not playing until or even one of them stays right i'm not playing until my junior or senior year so, which, well, the one thing you know is you do you do want to keep adding to the pile, right? If you can, I mean, obviously somebody yeah, has especially to choose a quarterback, you, right? Because I mean, look, we're losing three guys at the end of this year. Yep. You know, three guys are so we're gonna have two quarterbacks in uh, in January, so on the roster, so uh, at least two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster in January. So, um, yeah, yeah, there was I mean, another I, guy that played in the spring game. It was a real yeah, he's a short on short guy. <laughs> yeah. He's tiny. Yeah, he was, real, <laughs> he was shockingly tiny. Sorry, tiny backup quarterback. I don't remember your name. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I you know I don't know. I would love to get get a guy in there who um, you know I would love to get a strong guy. I mean, I know we're in the running for a four star kid, so you know we'll see. Maybe he'll pick. I, I, I you know it seems like if you're picking a program, if you're not picking a program where you walk, where you're going to walk right in and start. It seems like this isn't a bad place to go because, again, you know, you mentioned, okay, so the downside is you've got, you know, going into next year, you've got a redshirt sophomore and a redshirt freshman who will be ahead of you. Okay, fine. But the reality is there's only two guys there, you know, and so and if you figure, okay, the if you figure the redshirt sophomore is probably going to win the job um, or if you just figure whoever doesn't win the job is probably going to transfer, which is a more likely scenario, right? Whoever doesn't win the job probably transfers, you know, all of a sudden you're, you know, right there. So I, I don't think it's too weird for, for a high quality kid to want to come into this situation. It's not like there's a, a line of quarterbacks, you know, going back to you. There's only a couple guys ahead of you once you sign. But yeah, you know, I mean, who knows? I Listen, I work with teenagers all day and, you know, trying to figure out what their thought process is, is sort of a sort of a fool's errand, I would say. Yeah. And I think so. this it'll be, this uh, I'd be curious to watch this class overall because last year's class was definitely impacted by um, a bunch of uh, assistant coaches leaving and Leach nearly leaving. So you know, so it was uh, it was um, you know that was definitely probably Leach's worst recruiting class yep. ratings wise since he started. Yep. Um, so it's it's nice. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of bounce back after having a good year, um, and then uh, um, you know going forward from there. Like it, so uh, it'll be interesting to watch over the fall because um, obviously you know when you have this top ten season, I think that that saved that recruiting class. I actually because they had a lot of kids that committed during the season. Yep. Um, after they were already doing really well. So um, it'll yep. be interesting to see if they, now they can have four year, four good years in a row. Hopefully yeah. they can build on that. It's something that they never were able to do with those three 10-win seasons in, in 2001, 2002, 2003. Yep. So we're hopefully after this, you know, 
39 year wins in four years and, and uh, a top 10 finish last year, 11 yep. wins. Hopefully they can build on it. And, the, and I think this recruiting class is where we can see how that impacts that. And they've already got 10 guys in it, um, yep. you know, and they come from all over the country, which is sort of bananas. So there's four guys from California, which is, you know, really normal. Uh, but the other six guys come from Michigan, Hawaii, Texas, Indiana, Arizona, and Washington, which is kind of fun. So uh, they've definitely broadened their net. Um, it's a nice mix of offense, defense. You know, uh, they've even got, you know, a defensive lineman in there. I mean, he's a defensive tackle. He's six feet tall and 250 pounds right now. So, I mean, we even got a defensive tackle in the fold, Craig. So I'll Hold my breath on that one. Yeah, two running backs. Three wide receivers, a uh, couple of DBs, a couple of offensive linemen. Did I just say offensive linemen? Offensive. Am I uh, from Canada? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. So I. How yeah, dare you on National IPA Day? I know. America's I know. beer. What kind of American am I? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So good, good looking class so far. Ten guys before the season's even started. I think is a great, great place to start. The only thing it's missing is the quarterback. I mean, I'm not freaked out about it. It just would be nice to have a good one in there to add to the pile. And uh, otherwise, shaping up good. You know, this time, like you mentioned, you know, this time last year, we were kind of like, where where, where are the players, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, so, I mean, this if you figure all of these guys stick, which probably won't happen, but if you figure they do, I mean, this class is already, uh, you know, really basically 40% done, which is yeah. a pretty, pretty cool place to be. So, yeah. So should we, uh, let's see, should we take one more break? Then come back and talk about nonsense. 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 And we're back. Ready for some nonsense? Uh, give me a sec. Okay, yes. Okay, now we're ready for some nonsense. I actually have a good kid story this week, so. Well, oh, maybe I, it's good. I, I don't know. It made me laugh. I don't know if it'll – I'm going to try and tell it in a way that will make everybody else I have laugh. A, I have a pretty good one that involves a picture that I can't share, but um, the people does, that I could share it with. Does this have to do with your trip to the rain game? Um, yes. <laughs> I'm excited to hear that story again. <laughs> um, you want to start or you want me to start? I'll, I'll start. So, okay, go ahead. Because so, I, I don't know if mine can live up to yours, but you can start. Okay, so um, the uh, Rain FC, which is uh, the uh, North, the National Women's Soccer League professional team uh, that Megan Rapino, who I'm sure you know who that is, plays for. In I hope Tacoma. they know who that is. If they don't know who that is, they need to get a life or something. Yeah, but uh, but so uh, although she did not play on Sunday, um, she's uh, recovering from injuries. But um, could have used her too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so uh, um, I go to most rain matches and I take B with me to most rain matches. Uh, we were looking forward to this one. Um, I bought tickets for my uh, sister and and uh, um, her boyfriend and, and we were taking both the, the kiddos. Um, and this was like, by the way, you need to set this up because like this was a big deal. Like I didn't get tickets. Yeah, it was. So I, I, you know, I go to most of the games, but I. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy them for this like early because I don't know, you know, the, every game they won in the World Cup. So we were looking forward to this for like months. And um, so I even bought like matching. Uh, so I bought these matching shirts uh, for uh, uh, Beatrix and her cousin Iris, her her uh, 
two-week-old cousin. Her new cousin. Uh, new cousin. Uh, so, you know, they, it was the USA logo with the three stars, which represent the previous three World Cups, uh, went championships, and then the one gold star above that. And, you know, I bought a shirt with, like, similar aesthetic. And, and so I, was just, I wanted them to match for the mat, for the match, for the game. So I thought it would be really, you know, really cute, whatever. So this is my morning. Uh, my morning is going fine before the match. We wanted to get there early to make sure we saw the pregame ceremonies and all that because it was, like, their official homecoming for the World Cup players match. You know, Megan Rapinoe's there and everything. And they... Um, so I, and then plus we, we were had, we had club seats. So you're getting, which you know about Jeff, you just get unlimited drinks. So you're like, well, we got to maximize that. We got to get it's there. Pretty great deal. Yep. Get there an hour early. And, uh, um, so we were just, uh, yeah, we were, um, uh, planning to get there an hour early, have, have a beer. My sister can drink again, um, and, uh, watch the pregame stuff. Enjoy watching the 7,000 plus crowd come in, you know? Um, and, uh, so I was really excited for that. So just going through my morning, I, I kind of, I put B up, um, in bed, just hoping she would, um, take a nap. She was crying a lot and that kind of set something up later, but she was crying a lot. And I was just kind of like, sometimes you just got to let her cry and then she fought, takes a nap. And so I was just doing that. I was taking that strategy. Um, it was, uh, it was, uh, kind of warm. So I just had her, um, in a t-shirt and her diaper. She didn't have any pants on. And when I put her down, um, but so, uh, about when we were about ready to go, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, she had fallen asleep. So I'm like, cool, but I'm just going to try to get everything ready before I go and get her and get her down. So I walk over, I had set out her shirt, um, on the table and I walk over and it feels a little damp. And I'm like, what the heck did we like spill some water on it last night? Someone knock over a glass. No, no, no. Um, I lifted up to my face and has that in unmistakable smell of cat piss. <laughs> um, and I'm only laughing because I've done that before where you lift it up to your face and then you take a big, deep whiff and you're like, Oh shit, I should not have done that. So my cat, and then, so this is what I want to leave, like to get there an hour early, we need to leave in like five minutes. I'm just going to go grab B, throw the clothes on her and go, which I've done plenty of times. And, and, I, and I'll, I'm like, fuck. God damn it, boy cat. And so, uh, so I was pissed. The cat was not there. Um, he was acting kind of weird. So we took him to see if like, like it was, we didn't even know that this had happened, but we took him to see if he had like a urine infection or something. Cause he was, um, a, a ur- um, urinary infection. Cause he was just being weird. He was like peeing everywhere and it was, but I was getting mad and I was just really mad because he's been doing some of this stuff lately. And I'm like, yeah, lucky that cat's not here. Cause, um, like I wouldn't hurt him, but I would definitely be screaming at him. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so uh yeah i was really pissed and i you know i immediately went down threw it in the in the washer on quick wash although cat pee is really hard to get out of things but i was hoping i caught it early enough to where it hadn't like kind of like soaked into the fabrics too much um but i'm pissed now i know that i cannot leave her like either i'm just gonna take b um in in whatever else or i'm gonna 
do you know but a big part of this we were looking forward to the the two kids matching and so it's like you're like man like it's gonna be a bummer if they don't have that so you know do it through the fast cycle uh, my sister tells me she's running late so they're gonna be late anyway so i'm just like doing it finally like like i'm i'm just uh i keep checking the dryer and like it's it's drying but it's not fully dry so eventually I'm like, okay, I'll go up and get B. I'll get her totally ready, and then I'll just throw the shirt on top. Like I'll put her pants on, put her shoes on, and I'll throw the shirt on top as dry as it can be. I go up there. B is napping with her butt in the air, not her diaper on. <laughs> her butt is completely covered in shit. And the uh, blanket has shit on it. There's like shit on the crib and spots where you can tell she like was trying to like grab stuff she had taken the diaper out so she obviously shit in the diaper and then took it off and then like put it off to the side but there was a bunch of poop still all over her um so good on her for just putting it off to the side but th- apparently that's what she needed to fall asleep because she was like fast asleep when i went up there because i went up there i was like oh my god like I'll, that's what i see and i try to like get out of there before she wakes up so I can go like prep the bathtub and like, so I'm like, so I'm like texting Stephanie. I'm like, um, I got to give the kid a bath now before I go, like definitely going to be late now. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just go get her up. I find like the shit diaper. Um, I'm like holding her at, you know, far as away as it, cause I've already put on what I'm wearing to the match. Like I'm like holding her at like arm's length, taking her down the stairs, like, giving her a bath like so gross because she's just like covered in shit and and she's like getting mad at me she's like why are we doing this like i'm just like because you're covered in shit little kid (laughs) um finally get her done dried off i got the i got the pants on her and the 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 dryer just didn't have it fully done but she got a a slightly damp t-shirt on and then we finally i luckily i've been uh, working out a lot and like when I cool down I like to walk really fast on the treadmill we got there like super fast um, walking because I, had, I walked her in a stroller and but we still missed all the pregame stuff and I got to my seats while the match was still going but or but the ma- after the match had started but but like it was it's pretty funny to like you know your best plans completely ruined by first your cat and then your kid like um uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty crazy morning. And then I went and had about four or five beers at the match and kind of forgot about all of it. And, and the rain got their asses kicked, um, which was fine, whatever. Like I, I was just happy. I was at the match. I thought yeah. there was, there was points in which I wouldn't made it. Um, I wish I could show the picture, but I would never do that to my daughter. But like, I mean, just... that's, that's some hero dad stuff though. Like yeah. that's. That's how you, that's how you. Okay. And by the way, Amanda was not home. She was at work during all this. This is just me by myself. Like, so that's why what made the like, cause it couldn't be like, uh, otherwise be like, Amanda run the bath. Like we got, we, you know, DEFCON one right here. Like, uh, and, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, it's kind of funny how, but you know, you, you're, you're like gag reflex gets trained when you have a kid and, and a pet. Um, but that still just got me. I was like, yeah, uh, uh, like, uh, this is disgusting. And I just left everything covered in shit. I'm like, I don't have time for you right now. 
I'll get you when we get back from the game. Like, it's just like, it's not going to happen right now. Like, I'm not going to take 20 minutes to clean all this up and start the laundry. I'm just going to deal yeah. with it. And B's room is going to smell like shit. So, yep. <laughs> which it kind of always does anyway. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> how it goes. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, that was my hectic ass uh, Sunday morning. <laughs> you know, the fact that you even made it to the game, I think is, is a testament to uh, to your dadness. So good job. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. So let's see. I was up. So here's here's my moment. I was up on a ladder, uh, ceiling and caulking some windows because, uh, as I mentioned, we are painting our house this summer, among many other silly projects. And so I'm up on a ladder. And, and so last weekend, um, my my two younger kids uh, went camping with my dad and his wife. So they went camp and they went camping for like four days. Um, and so the oldest was home. And so we were like, you know, let's, uh, you know, let, let's make sure he has a good time. Let's make sure that, you know, he's, he's feeling special, you know, he's 12. Um, okay, great. So, you know, I, I'm, he, we, we had his friend, one of his friends come over and stay the night. He hung out, stayed the night. And then the next morning, uh, his friend's mom was like, Hey, you know, I'll, if you want, you know, he can come hang out at our house for the day. And then, you know, they'll get basically two days together. We were like, great. So he went off to, uh, to his friend's house and, you know, I was home all day with Sarah and we were just, you know, again, doing, you know, odd things around the house to get, get the house prepped to be painted. And so I'm, I'm up on this ladder up, you know, basically under my, my eaves on the second story, you know, putting caulk, you know, in this crack and, and he comes back, his, his, uh, his friend's mom brought him back and, and he gets out and I'm like, Hey bud, how's it going? He's like, good. I'm like, did you have fun? He's like, yeah, what'd you do? Oh, we went out to dinner, you know, whatever. And then he goes, he goes, Hey, by the way, and I said, okay, what? And he goes, are Tristan and Atticus back? And I'm thinking, Oh, this is so heartwarming. Like he misses his little brothers and you know, like it's, 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 you know, this is not a thing that the 12 year old typically does. Right. Normally he's like, get away from me. Like you, you know, like vermin or whatever. Like, like he just doesn't really want to be bothered by his, uh, by his younger siblings. But the way that he asked it made it sound like, Hey, are they home yet? You know? And I was like, Oh, this is so nice. And I said, no, they're not. I said, do you, do you miss somebody? And he goes, well, oh, actually, what he said was, I, yeah, I go, um, see, I've already screwed up the story. He goes, you know, are, are they home yet? And I said, no. I said, they're not going to be home till tomorrow. I said, do you miss them? And he looks at me like deadpan and goes, slumps his shoulders and goes, no. I wish they were <laughs> staying away longer. And then walked inside the house. And I'm like, what an awesome family I have created here. A <laughs> loving, love. I have fostered a loving environment where everybody is valued and, and everybody cares about everybody. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just like I was cracking up on the ladder. I'm just like, cause the way, again, the way he asked it was just like, it, it sounded very sweet. And then like, as soon as I said, Oh no, they're not home yet, but they'll be back tomorrow. And then his, his shoulders just slump. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? And he's like, I wish they were staying away longer. And then he walked inside. I'm just like, <sighs> parenting's great parenting's great of course of course i don't know we got any other nonsense no i think that's good that's good for the nonsense i All think right. that's good we we can uh we can run a little slightly shorter this week just a little bit 
Just a little bit. You know, we had that one negative review from. Yeah, I know. I know. Somebody actually reviewed us and didn't really like our show, which I don't know about you, Craig, but cut straight to my heart. So to to make us feel better, can you please give us a five star review? Yeah. Give us a five star review and leave a nice review. Like like those are two different things, by the way. Right. The the stars. Yeah, you can just click stars and then. Right. And then skip past the, the review. But leave us a, you know, leave us some kind words also would be great. If you don't like us, then please just, you know, don't review us and then don't listen anymore, I guess. But it really does help people find the show uh, when you rate us and review us highly. So I would appreciate if you would do that. And somebody sent us an email last week, Craig. Yes. So we and we answered it. I, I, yeah, I answered it thoroughly. Uh, yeah. And uh, so if, I, I have it set up where... I, I won't go weeks without seeing them. If you send one, uh, I have it set up so I'll get a notification. When do you send me the email? Um, so feel free to send us emails to podcast versus everyone at gmail.com. That's versus with a VS. That's right. Um, yeah. Send us email questions, comments, rebuttals. Yeah. Agreements. Agreements. Yeah. Any of that stuff. And if and if you ask us a good question, you know maybe if we get enough questions, eventually we'll we we'll actually bag. answer questions on the show. Yeah, but we we're about that. we're about um, thirty questions too short of that right now. That's so, true. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Craig, I think well, that's Jeff. good. All right. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. We'll talk to you guys later.